Hour 2, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's the big show, Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960, the fan. At the bottom of the hour, the host of Real Kipper and Born on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network, Stanley Cup champion Nick Kiprios will join us. Is a Calgary Flames netminder destined to be a Toronto Maple Leaf? Is it in the cards? Is it written in the stars? We'll ask Kipper about that. Oh, and he reported uh, last night, yesterday on his show, and last night on the Leafs and Kings broadcast on Sportsnet that uh, maybe William Nylander and the Leafs are coming together on a gigantic eight-year extension north of 11 mil. We'll talk to Kipper about that. And then the Cobra Big Show Flames analyst, Mr. Brent Cron, will join us in studio, break down the Flames' 3-1 win over the Minnesota Wild last night. And then Jason Bukula going to join us at 8 o'clock, former director of scouting for the Florida Panthers. Sportsnet, NHL, and draft analyst. Um, he said something on our show about three weeks ago, and he didn't extrapolate on it because we didn't have time. He's like, Canada maybe has is 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 lagging behind the United States in player development. Uh, we'll get Jason's thoughts on that after Canada falling three two to the to Czechia. That's again getting used to that Czechia at the World Junior Hockey Championships as they get eliminated in the quarterfinals. But at the same time, it's also good for the tournament when you have different uh, countries winning gold medals instead of the usual uh, characters winning every time. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll ask uh, Jason Bugala that. Yeah, like uh, I'm, two I'm, things. I'm looking forward to that chat a lot. You know, obviously there's going to be some some thoughts about where, where everything is going. There's a couple of things, obviously, yeah. that didn't go in their favor, like they lost Tristan Luno to a, a viral sickness that – essentially kept him over in Sweden, unable to go home until just just yesterday, I believe, and he missed the whole tournament. And then on top of that, you know, Connor Bedard is lighting it up in the NHL. Like, tough problem when some of your best players are so good that they're actually in the NHL at the age of 18, like Fantilli, Bedard, Benson. Yeah, but uh, other countries have that as well. Like, it's not only Canada, but uh... I get what you're saying. There's the only real 18-year-old that's in the same caliber as those three is Leo Carlson. The Americans don't have anybody in the NHL. They, if you want to talk about 19-year-olds, like sure, by all means, but then you get into the Shane Wright conversation, Kevin Korchinski, and there's a lot of guys that Canada never has because they're in their second year. This year in yeah. particular, Canada missed three guys to the NHL that were 18 years old that were in their second year of eligibility and still have another year of eligibility next year. So. That that would be just my if I'm going to make one excuse for the Canadians, it's that you were without your best defenseman due to injury, and you were without your three best, arguably your three of your best forwards, at least in producing offense. Uh, we will talk to uh, Jason Bukla about all of that uh, coming up at eight thirty. The Cobra, uh, Mister Brent Cron, Big Show Flames analyst, will be in studio uh, as well to uh, weigh in, ask a couple questions to Books as well. Um, wanted to get to a couple things. Flames the three one win last night. In Minnesota over the wild, Jacob Markstrom, fantastic in the win for the Flames, who are now 500 on the season, 16, 16, and 5, uh, which is which is something, mm. although the fake you know loser point, you're, fifth, you're 500 when you're not really 500, but whatever. Um, 
16, 16, and 5 on the season after a slow start to their season. Uh, Jacob Markstrom, as we've been talking about this morning, potentially could drag this Calgary Flames team uh, into at least uh, definitely postseason contention here. And who the hell knows, maybe even gets him into the playoffs the way he's been playing. Maybe the numbers uh, overall don't dictate how well he's played, but lately Patrick and Maddie talked about a uh, fantastic December for Jacob Markstrom. And again, we saw last night uh, – gets scored on a goal that he makes a terrific save, can't really get the rebound, not not his fault at all, but he completely shuts the door on a shorthanded Minnesota Wild team, and the Flames kick off their four-game road trip with a big 3-1 win last night. They'll play the Predators in Nashville tomorrow. A couple players also snapped some long goal droughts. Andrew Majapani scored on a nice deflection last night, and Jonathan Huberto, for the first time since November 20th, found the back of the net with a nice little passing play, finished off with a nice backhand move. Um, here's the thing I'm thinking about, Jonathan Huberto. You ready? Yeah, hit me. This is what I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just hope uh, we saw what he did on New Year's Eve. Uh, he played really well against the Flyers, set up uh, the Denny Gilbert goal. He looked like Jonathan Huberto. Last night, looked like Jonathan Huberto from the Panthers that we all thought we were getting when he got traded here by Florida. Um, I just hope this isn't New Year's resolution, Jonathan Huberto. Where like he's just really trying here, and he's a different player here in the new year, and then eventually he just reverts back to who he is. Here's some statistics on um, New Year's resolutions. So for Jonathan Huberto to be back to uh, himself, uh, I think he has to go over 3.74 months, Maddie, because that's the average uh, New Year's resolution. That's how long it lasts okay. with people. Only 8% of people tend to stick to their goals for one month. Uh, while well, 22% last two months, 22% last three months, and 13% last four months. Okay. That's a pretty good number. I saw a stat today. Um, the elevator from our parkade has one of those, like, biz- it's one of those business elevators with the, the little, it's got the weather, and it's got stonks on it. Yeah, the wow. one over there. Look at you, la-di-da. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I can't read, but if I could, <laughs> um, uh-huh. it talks about how uh, one of the things you should do with your resolutions is you should try to do things rather than remove things. Because if you set a resolution that you say, I'm going to, do. the example they use is eat more vegetables rather than ah. eat, eat less red meat, you have like a 57% chance of mm. completing the resolution if it's something that you're going to ah. do, where it's only like 45% if it's something you're going to remove. So it's kind of like a positive mindset type of thing. Add some green juice. Like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. micro on the example, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> Jonathan Huberto should maybe stop looking past first all the time and shoot to score a little more. Ergo, more assists for Jonathan Huberto. Sure, there you go. Now we're framing it properly. It's about setting yes. attainable goals, George. Yes. Realistic goals. Because I know we all grew up and we were told, you can be whatever you want. And sure, that's true for some of us. But for most of us, we have to set realistic goals. And I think shooting the puck more is a good one. Yeah, um, we know hope is uh, hope is a dangerous thing sometimes, maybe the worst of things from Shawshank Redemption, but maybe it's the best of things. And if Jonathan Huberto can become somebody that, you know, we thought Calgary was getting the whole time, like what, what, what kind of a shot in the arm would that be for a team that obviously struggles to score goals? If he can even be, I don't know, 75% of the player he was, with the Florida Panthers in his last season, that would be an enormous shot in the arm here for the Calgary Flames, uh, especially after the All-Star break, because 
They're right there in the playoff mix. We know trades are coming. We know that, uh, I don't know, that we're hearing $9 million thrown around for Elias Lindholm, which to me seems like just too much money for Elias Lindholm, mm-hmm. although he's a very, very good two-way center, but mm-hmm. $9 million just seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Noah Hannafin seems like he's going to get dealt here, although he's had a very good season. He's been one of their best defensemen uh, this year, and we know Chris Tanev's a guy that's very, very highly regarded around the league. Rasmus Sanderson with that glowing commentary about Tanev in that Eric Francis article couple months ago as well like these trades are coming but the way Jacob Markstrom's playing and if god forbid Jonathan Huberto can string together like you know 10 to 12 consistently good games of creating scoring chances and actually putting points up here because he finally snapped his 12 game pointless streak against the Flyers on New Year's Eve and last night snaps his goalless drought outdated all the way back to November 20th that that guy can actually wake up and build some nice chemistry with that top line, because again, it's it's trying to make Lindholm and Huberto work, but maybe Sharon Govich is the guy, the wild card, and all of that to get that line going. If he can at least be sort of that player he was in his last season with Florida before he came here, I think the Flames potentially, damn it, Maddie, that they'll be right there in the playoff race. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but at least they'll be right there with the way Markstrom's playing, and if Huberto can wake up. Who knows come April? Like, there's two things that I think are, are real positives to what we've seen from Huberto lately. The The first would be, obviously, just his own personal play, and he's looking more confident. Like, they showed it on the broadcast, you know, smiling and enjoying himself, and you can read into that whatever you want because, you know, it it's almost like Instagram in that sense. It's a very small snippet of the individual you don't see everything behind the scenes you don't know if he goes into the locker room all of a sudden he's he's bawling on the floor or anything like that <laughs> so to use a hyperbolic example so so that's good to see and, and to just have him kind of making plays that are offensive and 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 kind of creative and, and getting back to the deception which is the key word that I always kind of went back to when he talked about what he didn't have enough in his game early on in the season and all of last year, trying to create a little bit more deception. So number one, obviously, would be, you know, if he's playing better, that's good for him. That's just good for the Flames as as a whole down the road, whatever's going to happen with this team, whichever direction they go. But the secondary bonus to him playing well is that ideally it means that Elias Lindholm is also putting up points and having a little bit more of an offensive impact in this next month or two ahead of the deadline and and continuing to raise his stock and continue to get more bidders involved because he's had a pretty laissez-faire offensive start to the year. He's done a lot of good things defensively, and him on the PK has been magical alongside Michael Backlund, but the offense hasn't been to the point that we've seen it in other years, and if he can kind of rekindle that here with Sharon Govich and Huberto and show that he can play you know with elite guys and put up the points not just be a checker I think that makes him that much more alluring to other teams who are looking to go on a long run this year and and maybe even give him that nine million dollars that he continues to want as on his next contract so that would be the 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 secondary bonus that you're getting from Huberto's boost in play is that just by osmosis Lindholm is going to be playing better and that's that's just a positive. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can yeah. look at it other ways. I think that's a great point because that'll only help the Flames out long term. Exactly. If, 
Lindholm's playing well and you could potentially get a lot more for him or at least a little more for him at the trade deadline. And if that line is going well and if that line's actually producing, uh, you're winning more games and then potentially sneaking your way into the playoffs because I think that's that's best case scenario for the Calgary Flames this season is trade Lindholm, Hannafin, and Tanev, get a lot of find the best meats and cheeses from all the other teams, and then somehow, some way, eke your way into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, and I then think and I then think that's w- best case scenario. You get in the off season, and you know you throw some of those meats and cheeses in storage, and and they start to ferment until you eat them years later, and they're very delicious. It's not how food works, but we're going with the example here. Okay, and then on top of that, maybe you maybe you trade some of your fine meats and cheeses to yeah. bring in someone who can actually play with Jonathan Huberto now. Right, because yeah. even if you're ten, you're thinking, okay, we're going to trade away Lindholm, this guy that I've just started to get chemistry with, and there's not really a spot with me for me beside Backlund, and playing with Kadri has never really worked for me. Like, what is going to be the next guy for me? And if Lindholm's playing well, and we're getting a good return back, that just gives Craig Conroy more options, more yeah. assets to try and fill the vacant number one center position that is going to exist on this team after the departure of number 28. Or you do something that Vancouver did and That's we all a, yeah, shook exactly. our heads. Yeah. yeah, when they got Heronic, because we're like, what are they doing? Whatever you're, been... whatever you're going to get back from these trades, it's not yeah. going to be a guy that can play on your first line next year. Yeah, Like, obviously, he could, yes. There's a lot of guys that could. Can? Mm, that's where you kind of All right, should. I didn't get... Mm. I didn't get to my whole what makes me more un-Canadian. We can but get we'll do that to wrap up Croner. this hour because we've yeah. got to get to Nick Kiprios next. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worse for me. We were yammering on about the Flames. Hey, every once in a while, Hubert does something very good, and we have a chance to wax Yeah, we've got to give him his him. flowers. Yeah, because, listen, it's been a lot of taking swings at number 10 this year. So every once in a while, I don't mind giving him his flowers. No kidding. Uh, we'll talk to Nick Kiprios next. The Cobra in studio at the top of the hour. It's the big show, Russell and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russell and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. At the top of the hour, the Cobra will slither his way into the studio. Our big show Flames analyst, Mr. Brent Cron, on the Flames 3-1 win last night over the Minnesota Wild. Thanks to a spectacular performance once again from Jacob Markstrom in goal. And at 8.30, um, we will talk to Jason Bukala, Sportsnet analyst and former director of amateur scouting with the Florida Panthers, and he's currently with the Pro Hockey Group. He'll join us at 8.30. Uh, we'll talk about something he said on our show about three weeks ago about the way Canada's maybe lagging behind the United States in developing players. We'll talk to Books about that. And to wrap up this hour, uh, which makes me, which one of these things I'll, I'll, I'll ask you about, Maddie, makes me more un-Canadian, if that's even a word. Lack of Canadiana? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh, we'll do that to wrap up um, the uh, this hour. But right now, he is the host of Real Kipper and Born on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network. He is a Stanley Cup champion, and he was up late last night doing the Leafs and Kings uh, we say good morning to Mr. Nick Kiprios and the Atlas Pizza in Sports Bar Guest Hotline. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Happy New We're Year. good. George, Matt, well, Patty. Ha- Happy New Year, my man. Um, what time did you get to bed last night? 
Uh, at 4 a.m. maybe. Uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I started writing for the Toronto Star, uh, and usually I put something out on Thursdays and, you know, just started writing. And once you get a thought and idea, you got to roll with it because I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. So you, you want to... <laughs> You want to strike while the iron's hot, <laughs> I think. So, uh, yeah, probably about 4 a.m. after uh, watching a pretty convincing Leaf team uh, beat the L.A. Kings. And, uh, yeah, real busy night in the NHL, so it was it was fun. Um, two things. Uh, number one, have you uh, contemplated doing the Jerry Seinfeld thing, leaving a pad of, uh, pad of paper beside your bed uh, and write things down when they pop into your head? And two, uh, your thoughts on the shiny chrome helmets of the L.A. Kings being an old-school <laughs> NHL guy. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm not smart enough to earn hundreds of millions of dollars like Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld, so uh, uh, stri- strike that one. Uh, and as far as the helmets are concerned, I think we've seen a couple of shiny examples. We've also seen a, a black metallic kind of look i think as well mm. from some some hockey clubs but yeah it just seems that uh you know fan bases are more interested in that sometimes than uh, a, a struggling team so you know whatever whatever shiny object can get them going i think works <laughs> in today's game but uh all that matters i think to todd mcclellan last night is his team didn't didn't show up uh like he would have liked uh but a lot had to do with the the strong play of uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs for 60 minutes. Um, you had the uh, the report on your show, and then uh, you guys talked about it on the broadcast about the William Nylander potential extension. Uh, do you want to do that first, or do you want to talk about goaltending? I'm going to let you choose your own adventure here, Nick. <laughs> hey, you're the boss. You're you're running the show here, so uh, you you tell me. But. Uh, if if it's you know Willie Nylander or you know pending UFAs uh, as as uh, as it goes going into this summer this July I think Willie Nylander would be at the top of the list uh, no mm-hmm. question about that as uh, a coveted uh, top scorer a guy that uh, looks like he's headed towards a top five finish in, in scoring and timing couldn't be better and I think he's going to be able to cash in on that. Uh, and what Elliot Friedman tells me last night is, is it could come within a a week uh, uh, or two away from uh, from signing on a dotted line. But it it just seems real um, obvious that uh, he doesn't want to go anywhere. The Leafs love him, and they're going to be able to put a deal together. I know there's some sticker shock with Leaf fans with the amount of the uh, AAV for William Nylander, but. To me, I feel like that's champagne problems, Nick. I got too much money in my bank account. Too many Victoria's Secret models are texting me. Like These are just champagne problems for Leaf fans that you want to sign a very young, dynamic player for the next eight years. I just feel like maybe uh, hockey fans, and especially fans in Toronto, maybe undervalue William Nylander just a little bit because, as you mentioned, if that guy went to open market, he's going to be making that dough this summer. Well, listen, you, you assume that uh, a team like Chicago with a, a, a star who probably already is one at 18 years of age and Connor Bedard is going to want to be surrounded by world-class talent, and that's what you do. And no one has more cap space than them, and 
you assume that uh, they'd have no problem paying Willie Nylander uh, well north of $11 million a year. Uh, I, I think, you know, when it comes to cer- some certain Leaf fans, uh, when you're talking about uh, uh, raising the stakes in, in a poker game and how it affects your team and watching teams handicap themselves or, or paint themselves into a corner with uh, uh, cap space, uh, there's always going to be that worry. And, you know, it's fans, do they truly understand the salary cap and how it works and how it uh, can, can cause havoc to your hockey club? I think they've they've learned it over the last 15, 20 years. <laughs> that's for sure. Or as close as they can. And I think there's just that fear factor, George, uh, that that uh, teams are going to paint themselves in the corner and it's no good and you can't get rid of contracts and it means that we can't get more help. And there's always going to be that fear factor. But players like Willie Nylander and the talent that they have, they don't come around very often. And, and that's the bottom line. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where it plays out here, but uh, it doesn't appear like he's going anywhere. Mitchell Marner's only got a year left on his deal after this. How would that number impact what Mitch Marner is going to ask for when when that time comes? Obviously, John Tavares' money would come off the off the books at that point, and, and whatever happens there happens there. But how do you see that being part of the equation down the road with number sixteen? Well, I, I think. Uh where we are sitting here today it's uh it's a question that doesn't need to be answered anytime soon mm-hmm. uh, thankfully for the Toronto Maple Leafs which means that uh we don't know we don't know in terms of uh what that's going to look like and his contract runs out at the end of next season so it's clear that they're not trading Willie Nylander and it's pretty clear as of today they're not thinking about trading Mitch Marner yeah. so Let's just see how let's see how this thing plays out. Are we talking about uh, another uh, first round exit, or in this case, uh, a, a, a second consecutive year of a second round exit for the Leafs? And if we are, the dynamics change on what to do with Mitch Marner. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about a team that uh, finds a way to get to a an exciting conference final or a Stanley Cup final then we're having a different conversation about trying to resign Mitch Marner as early as July 1st or at the end of next season. So where is this team with status quo on, on the players that they have and, and how far they can get them to where they want to get to? And and then you're going to have a, a Mitch Marner conversation. But until we see what happens for the rest of the season... Um, you know, it's it's really hard to say because a disappointing playoff round this year would suggest that he should maybe stay where he's at, and that's 10.9, 11.25. But tell me, is Mitch Marner capable of of having a great playoffs or putting himself in a in the hunt for a con Smythe? Then then the number is a lot higher than the uh, 10.9 or 11 that he's currently making. So. Well, we'll have to see how this plays out for the Leafs uh, and their team success. 
So it feels like the Neilander extension is is very top of the to-do list for Brad Trilliving. What comes next? Is it the goaltending? Is it something on the blue line? Is it the bottom six? What's the next priority for this group right now? Well, Martin Jones went a long way to buying Brad mm-hmm. Tree living some time when it comes to the net situation. And, uh, you know, there's still going to be some some hard decisions on where you think Samsonov's going to be, you know, in, in 10 days or, or 30 days or by the trade deadline. Uh, so I I still wouldn't put uh, goaltending as a, as a top priority as of today. I think the biggest focus still has to remain on the blue line and uh, and adding some serious depth. And, you know, everybody still wants to link uh, Tanev uh, to the Toronto Maple Leafs, but so does eight or nine other fan bases in the league would love to add Chris Tanev. So Calgary remains in a, in a very good spot. And, uh, you know, despite the win last night, uh, you know, there's not a lot of people uh, in the industry that believe that the Calgary won't be some sort of seller come the trade deadline. And uh, as much success as, you know, you could say that Calgary's had and another big win last night, um, you know, they've got expiring contracts that uh, need to be addressed. And if they're not addressed with extensions, then the most uh, obvious thing is to trade them off for some future assets and and get the 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 true uh reshaping or the rebuilding whatever you want to call it for calgary going in the next few years nick kiprios the host of real kipper and born on the sportsnet radio and television network stanley cup champion joining us here on the atlas Pizza and sports guest hotline big show russick and rose 960 the fan nick uh throw throw like a ballpark percentage out for our listeners what are the chances of a calgary flames goaltender being dealt to the maple leafs this season yeah i think it's highly unlikely uh, unless you're talking about uh some sort of trade that looks like the one that uh <laughs> we regard as the biggest in history between cliff fletcher you know, and uh, the Calgary Flames with Doug Gilmore, where there's just bodies flying everywhere. Um, you know, this is still money in, money out. Uh, Markstrom has a very large ticket here, and uh, it would take some serious cap um, juggling to make anything like that happen. But again, you know, Jacob Markstrom's uh, performance last night. Uh, uh, puts Craig Conroy in a position of strength to look at different ways to to reshape here and uh and that's a that's a good thing uh you can't you know you can't win without solid goaltending and uh you know it seems to be an issue for a, a lot of teams out there not just the Toronto Maple Leafs we got we got a number of teams that think that they're contenders um with serious question marks in that and again, um, if teams are are making phone calls on Jacob Markstrom to Craig Conroy, that's a good thing, man. That that means that uh, once again you're in a position of strength to improve your hockey club. That's what every general manager wants. When it comes to um, the Flames and Elias Lindholm, um, we we heard the numbers at around 
$9 million potentially for a guy like Elias Lindholm. That seems like a ton for a guy who obviously one of the best two uh, two-way centers in the league, but offensively maybe down a little bit this season. Who knows how the Sharon Govich and, and Hubert O'Line plays itself out here in the next you know, few weeks, hopefully. But w- what kind of value do you think Elias Lindholm has out there on the trade market is is he's obviously is he more valuable than Noah Hannafin? Like what 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 could fans potentially expect from from Elias Lindholm potentially at the deadline? Well, he he wouldn't be much different than Jacob Markstrom again to add you know someone like that. Uh, obviously, you know with an expiring contract, it, it may be easier, but there still has to be money in, money out. I mean, there's there's a lot of teams that would love to add him. Um, I mean, that, that to me is, a uh, a, a difference maker, you know, we were talking to Mike Fuda who, uh, helped architect, uh, the LA King Stanley cups and, you know, the sacrifices that they had to make at the time to bring in Mike Richards, um, who helped, uh, LA get over the, the top. I think Lindholm would be that similar type of player, uh, to come in and, and help a team win but it's going to take a a massive deal I think to get it done and I just don't know how many teams are willing to do that I think it it may really come down to Calgary uh, matching his number Mm -hmm. or or possibly walking walking him right out the door I mean there's there's always the ability to to trade him for you know a, a a a first and a prospect. I mean, that's the, that's the real going rate for someone uh, in a rental position. If teams want to trade for him and then sign him, uh, then you get into some, some serious uh, uh, bodies and prospects and, and draft picks. But uh, I think it's highly unlikely at this point that uh, contending teams are, are going to be able to do that. Nick, what did you make of Steve Steos being announced as the general manager of the Senators, also going to retain president of hockey operations? Uh, what do you make of the selection, and what did you hear about the selection process, and, and maybe if there were other names involved? Yeah, listen, uh, you know, Steve Steos obviously has a, a great uh, name and a great reputation as one of those younger guys just, uh, you know, coming into the fold here. I'm not overly surprised with the new ownership uh, and, you know, essentially a new management team to not, you know, rock the boat early. Uh, I think, you know, one of the things that we've heard from Michael Anlauer right from the get-go is some stability and, and just... Uh, um, you know, slow and steady may have to win the race here for Ottawa fans. I know that's something that they don't want to hear necessarily on a team that struggled to make the playoffs all these years. Um, but it looks like yet again, you know, with a, a loss last night in Vancouver, that uh, it's going to be another year of building blocks. And if that's the case, what's what's the point of going out there and and, and throwing what two three million dollars on a on a big GM name if if you feel like your team's just not ready at that point. So I'm not overly surprised that he he remains the general manager. They did go and add Dave Poulin, who's uh, you know in my mind a good hockey guy, um, but uh, that would have been at a, a minimal cost. Mm. 
And uh, once again, I think just like I said before, Ottawa fans are just going to have to be patient. They have no other choice here. Finally, I I did want to ask you as well about uh, outdoor games, but in particular how the the entrance outfit of the team has become a very big part of the entire getup of when you play outdoors. <laughs> um, hypothetically, yeah, I get a hypothetically, your that. Stanley Cup winning Rangers team from ninety three ninety four had an outdoor game. Who would have been the player that planned the getup for you guys? Oh, listen, uh, Mark Messier was the leader in so many ways but that <laughs> the, the halloween the halloween parties were like right in his wheelhouse mm. so it was just a given that uh you know when i saw the the elvises come off the bus uh the other day um that that's mess 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 was elvis Mel, he, he was the king in, in so many ways so you know regardless of not being in vegas um, you know, I think in 94, we would have had a chance to all been Elvises as well. <laughs> now, 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 Nick, I, ha- I have to ask you, what did you go dressed up as Halloween at the Rangers parties? You know what? I put my jersey on. I just went as a healthy scratch. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> Scratches wear their jerseys in the press box. What? Not bad. Hey, I play for the team. I play for the team. Ah, Keenan. Ah, Keenan. Yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, I can't. I uh, I've I've done a couple of. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. No, nah, I was never really a big, huge kind of Halloween guy, you know. Um, I don't know what I did a couple of times. I did uh, Star Wars, I think, one year. I did a Ninja Turtle one year. Oh my <laughs> God, you guys. I'm 57 years old. That's the last question you want to leave me at? Halloween yeah. costumes? Nick, in, in the, January. you know what you're getting yourself into when you jump on our show here. Like, it, these things happen. Yeah. yeah well, yes. Yeah, thanks. Really appreciate yeah. it. Great uh, stuff. But uh, <laughs> you guys, you guys, okay with outdoor games? The the novelty has not worn off. The fifty thousand people still want to buy tickets and go. Yeah, uh, it still looks. It's quite the spectacle. Still, yeah, they, yeah they enjoy you, you know, it. Uh, I, I I don't know if it gets the worldwide attention it did earlier. Yeah, right. Uh, when they first started, but it's hey, people eat it up. They love it. Yeah. And and for all the all the arrows the NHL takes for some of the, the way they promote the league and their scheduling, man, they do outdoor games so good. Like Maddie and I were there in Edmonton for the Heritage Classic, a like A one class. Yeah, it's just everything was perfect. Uh, the event was great. Everything looked great. It's just they do a good job of this. They have it down to a science, and I think the league deserves credit for that. You know what's incredible too is just the the run of. Uh, weather that they've had and the lack of mm. canceled games which is remarkable right i think they've had issues with uh where were they tahoe with the sun or something yeah. that uh that the game got pushed back but other than that how many have we had 25 30 35 and 
what's their their run rate for pulling them off at uh, the scheduled day and time you know it's got to be you know 95 99% it's been fantastic which you know is is great for everybody uh, Nick, you're great. We appreciate that you uh, joined us this early after going to bed uh, so late. Um, let's do it again soon, pal. Thanks for this. All right. Flying Elvis is everywhere. All right. Flying Elvis is everywhere. <laughs> Healthy Scratch is everywhere, too. Uh, thanks, Nick. There <laughs> he goes, Nick Iprios, uh, the host of Real Kipper and Born on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network, Stanley Cup champion. Great stuff. Yep. Yep. Always good. So Big fan. I was thinking about it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I have time to get into my un-Canadian thing. Maybe I save it for tomorrow because it's not a Flames game day. Sure. Works for What me. do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Like, I'm, uh, it, does it need a whole segment? It might stoke the text line. That's why I'm kind of like. Oh, well, then keep it. Yeah, just sit on it. Put it in your back pocket. Okay. Pull it out tomorrow. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to do that. Why don't you invest that take? And we'll see what the returns are like tomorrow. Yeah, why don't we do that? We'll do it in the 6 o'clock tomorrow. How's okay, that? yeah, that's a great promise. Yeah, because Flames don't play tonight. Uh-huh. Like, there's a very light night in the NHL. Uh-huh, only two games. Like, you're going to be watching the Raptors game because Sportsnet's the home of the NBA. You can make up. Yeah. You can make and, uh, The Cobra's next. The Raptors don't play on our network, but the, the point stands. Yeah, whatever. They play at 8 o'clock in Memphis at the Grindhouse. Sure. Six Mountain. Yep. Where the Grizzlies play. All right. Yeah, that checks out John Morant and stuff. He dunked over he's Victor Wambanyama yesterday. Mm, yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. When he's not waving guns around yeah. on social media, he's actually a really good player. Yeah, desk pop to celebrate. Yep. So, uh... The Cobra next, Jason Bukla, 830. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan.